Hey everyone, welcome to Evangel Church, a safe place for everyone to explore faith in Jesus. And welcome to the new year, you made it. <laughs> Today, we're gonna be talking about our values here at Evangel Church. We have eight values, and so we're gonna go on a whirlwind tour of the values here at Evangel Church. As I said, welcome to the new year. Um, you know, this is the time of year where we often do this thing called New Year resolutions. And I don't know, now, you know, keep in mind, to be honest, the last couple of years has kind of stalled maybe a little bit, the craziness, not knowing what to expect, what's ahead. Maybe it stalled a little bit of the New Year's resolutions in, in our lives. But typically, this is the time when we kind of make goals for ourselves. We look to the future. We look to this year, 2022, and we ask ourselves, what do we want to accomplish? What do we want to do? Uh, who do we want to be? Uh, what do we want our families to look like? Our careers to look like? All of those things. And so oftentimes, this is the time where we kind of reflect and we look at the year previous. We look at areas for growth. We look for areas that we want to pursue in this new year. And we call this New Year's resolutions, or, or you know, honestly, it's just setting goals for ourselves. Now, speaking of goals, uh, I like to go to the gym. So for me, uh, this, this time of year, coming into January, is when things get really busy at the gym. Uh, things get like quite busy, but that's okay. Like I, you know, I have to wait in line, I have to wait for certain equipment and things, because it's a little more crowded during January, but all I have to do really is wait until February, about mid-February, and then things are going to be back to normal. And that's kind of what I want to talk about as we kind of like dig into today. I want to talk about that dynamic of goals, of New Year's resolutions, and why they often kind of fail. Why we don't often follow through. Um, according to Discover Happy, Happy Habits, uh, success and failure rates pan out statistically kind of like this over the course of six months. Of those who make a New Year's resolution, after one week, 75% are still successful in keeping it. After two weeks, the number drops to 71%. After one month, the number drops again to 64%. And after six months, only 46% of people who made a resolution are still successful in keeping it. Now, before you completely throw away the practice of New Year's resolutions or goal setting, you should know this. This is an important stat. In comparison of those people who have similar goals but do not set a resolution, only 4% of those are successful after six months. So th that's a significant drop in success over those who make a goal. So before you throw it out, you know, whether you're a glass half empty or a glass half full, you, you know, if you're a glass half empty, you might say something like, well, setting goals only has a 46% success rate. Whereas if you're a glass half uh, full person, you, you might say, you know what, setting a goal makes me 11 and a half times more likely to be successful at that goal over the course of six months. But today, I, I don't want to talk so much about the practice of setting goals, though that's important. But when it comes to setting goals, we have to back up a step because there's a framework. There is a kind of foundation on which we 
a springboard from in setting the goals for our lives, for our careers, for our personal lives, for our families, all of those things. And I would argue that this framework may be even more important than setting goals. Giving language, giving words to this framework for your life individually, but also for your family, for your, for your career, whatever it may be, for your faith, giving a framework and giving words to this framework might be important for even more important than setting goals. Now that framework is what we call values. This is the value system. This is the framework. This is what we are pursuing on a kind of um, base foundational level. And so we value the things that we pursue. In fact, I would, I would argue that the framework or value system we have will determine, it'll determine our destination more than our goals or our resolutions will. Okay, now bear with me, like track with me here. Have you, have, you, have you ever explored your framework? You know, when you think about why did I set that goal? Why did I set that resolution? Why over the years has this resolution been one that maybe comes up over and over and over again? Could it have something to do with your value system? Now, a number of years ago, we as a church, we took a journey of, of self-discovery, asking the question, what are the values of Evangel Church collectively as a community of faith? And, and some of these values, they reflect the culture. They kind of come out of the DNA of what seems to be what makes Evangel Evangel over the years and the decades. But also, there's some values that come out of our theology. They come out of the scriptures that we aspire towards. Maybe we're not perfect in, but we want to aspire towards these values as well. And so we're going to be talking about these eight values that Evangel Church has that lays the groundwork. Every decision, everything that we, we filter it through these values and we pursue these things because these are at the core of who we are and what we value in this world. Now, before we jump in, I think it's important to say that there is a hierarchy built within this value list. So we're going to give you a list of eight values, but there is a hierarchy of importance. And so as we're going through this, I want you kind of just be thoughtful about how some of the top values we're going to spend a little more time on because they're a little bit more important than the others because they help shape the others. So here we go. Before we, we get going, if you do have a notebook, if you're taking notes today, pull it out, be ready. It's going to be a whirlwind. I, we have eight of them. We don't have a lot of time. We're going to have to rush and go through them. But we want to kind of just give you an idea of what do we value here at Vandals Church. Now, the first value we have in a word would be truth. Our first value in a word is truth. Now, here's our statement. Engaging biblical truth will change your life. Engaging biblical truth will change your life. Now, why is this one first? Well, biblical truth, it defines and refines and clarifies our understanding of God and Christ and the Spirit and us as a result as His creation. It gives clarity to all of that. It gives instruction as to how we are to live our lives in pursuing Jesus. It reveals our sin, our brokenness, and our need for a Savior. But my favorite attribute of the Word of God, um, the Bible, we would call the Bible, is, is this idea and this theology that it was inspired by the Holy 
spirit. Yes, it has many writers over thousands of years, but it was inspired by the same Holy Spirit. It's an external source of truth. Now, something that you know is, is inspired from the place of the eternal and by nature is not subject to the kind of temporal, internal um, corruptions and things of this world. I, I love this idea of an external truth that is uncorruptible. That doesn't exist within kind of the um, the free spirit of humanity, which kind of goes this way and that way, and we kind of just toss with the wind. But this is something that is solid. It's significant. It's it's trustworthy. It never changes because it's eternal. Because it comes from God, who is eternal, who exists outside of the human experience, but wants to be part of it in 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 the way that he interacts with humanity his creation and so there's this idea of the bible being this external truth it's a framework based on the incorruptible nature of a holy god who just so happens to love his creation deeply now when we originally put this statement together it read our statement was biblical truth will change your life but we felt it was missing this kind of key component engaging it's your engagement it's your exploration, it's your curiosity around the Word of God, the Bible, that will change your life as the Holy Spirit breathes life into the truths of the Scriptures and impacts you. Engaging biblical truth will change your life. Now, number two, in a word, is prayer. Number two value is prayer. Our statement for this is we begin with amen, surrounding all we do with prayer. Now, now, why do we pray first? Well, the Lord taught us to pray, and he, and he began with this in Matthew 6, 9. Our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy be your name. Prayer reminds us of who God is, you know, seated in glory, and by extension, it postures us in a position of humility. Prayer reminds us of his holiness as the ideal that is worth pursuing. Now, Jesus goes on in Matthew 6, 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Again, this idea of an external ideal, an external kingdom that is worth pursuing. Prayer aligns our hearts around the main things. It aligns our hearts around the priorities and the purposes of God and not ourselves. You know, the things of God's kingdom and not our own. It's in a practice of prayer that we have a chance at keeping the main things the main things. But, but we also believe that there's power in prayer because biblical truth tells us that Jesus has extended his authority and power to those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, prayer is the arena of faith, of calling things that are not as though they are. Now, it's not in pursuit of our own ends. Prayer is not the pursuit of our own ends, but to the ends of his kingdom and to the glory of God. We begin with amen, surrounding all we do with prayer. Number three, if you're taking notes, in a word, discipleship. Discipleship. Now, this, the, the, the statement, this value statement is the mission is disciples making disciples. The mission is disciples making disciples disciples. It's often in the early days 
of kind of a local community of faith that the mission is for first and foremost. This, this ideal that says that the church uh, exists to serve the mission and not the other way around. When, you know, when Christ ascended into heaven, he left this kind of instruction to his disciples and to us as, a, as, as an extension of that. And we call it the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, 18 to 20, it says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. However, as a church grows and gets older, there's this drift that takes place. You know, we begin to believe that the main thing is the church. Now, we may not say it, but our actions reveal that this drift has taken place. The mission is disciples making disciples. This means two things. The organized gathering of the local church exists as a staging area for a mission that takes place largely outside of the four walls and ceiling of our church buildings. It's, it's our third value because the natural drift for us is, is towards comfort over commission and myself over mission. But, but we, we also notice that the disciples making disciples requires community for teaching them to observe all that he has commanded us. That there's a key place for the organized church, for the gathering of the church. That this, this kind of place of prayer and teaching and growing with one another holding one another accountable, spurring one another on, inspiring one another into kingdom activity and kingdom things. The pursuit of going into all the world and making disciples because the mission is disciples making disciples. All right, let's jump ahead. Number four, number four, if you're taking notes, in a word, generosity. Our value is generosity. Now here's our statement. Generosity makes room in our hearts for others. I want you to think thoughtfully about that. Generosity makes room in our hearts for others. Now, we all have different relationships with money. Uh, some of you, you know, it carries little weight in terms of your pursuits. Perhaps for others, it's become kind of your singular pursuit. Now, before we go further, there, there, there has been, over the years, a misunderstanding of money in the Christian church. There's this sentiment that, that money is somehow inherently evil. But this is not the case. In 1 Timothy 6.10, Paul writes to Timothy and he says, For the love of money, okay, underline that, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. What, what, what is evil? What, what, what kind of crowds out everything else in your heart? It's the love of money, the pursuit of money as a singular focus. The love of money leaves little room for other priorities. And this is why God calls us to this principle around our finances that leaves room in our heart, both for Him and for his priorities. And, and this is the principle of fruit first fruits. The spiritual discipline of bringing 10% to the storehouse as defined by whatever local church 
uh, you call your home. But, but generosity extends beyond money as well. I would argue that time is the greatest resource that we have. Um, studies show that it's, it's the giver. It's the giver that gains a greater relational bond than that of the receiver. Um, th this is why we seek to give you opportunity to both give of your time and your finances for the sake of both the mission and for others through service and ministry and the support of the ministry. This is generosity. This is what causes us to release money as a priority and replace it with relationship, first with God, but also with others. Generosity makes room in our heart for others. Number five, in a word, our value is family. Our value is family. Our statement is standing with and building up the family. Standing with and building up the family. We believe that God has designed the family to be part of the way he reveals himself to the world. We, we, we believe that there's this ideal that he has set out in his word when it comes to being an effective, God-pleasing, nuclear family. But with that said, we know that family and seasons of family look different and are expressed differently depending on the season you find yourself in. Family and, and, and family seasons come to this place um, of exploring faith or growing in faith are, are looking different. We live in a complicated time when it comes to the dynamics of family. But our hope is to champion God's design for family while giving every family, every family dynamic and season of family, the opportunity to explore faith, to grow in faith, and to walk in the potential that God has placed in each and every one of us. You have the responsibility to disciple and be discipled within family, but you don't have to do it alone. And we serve one another in this community of faith around this value of family by standing with and building up the family. All right, number six. Number six, in a word, our value is community. Community. Our statement is you were made for community. You were made for community. Welcome home. Welcome home. Well, when we say that you are made for community, we mean that quite literally. You, you were literally designed by God and in God's design, he placed within you a need for himself and for others. In fact, he, he made you in his image. And, and what do we know about God's image? Well, he is three in one. He is God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. But he's three in one. He's this perfect relationship, this perfect harmony of community. And that same design has been placed in each and every one of us. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says, let, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. I think, I think if this COVID season has taught us anything, it's revealed our need for one another. I don't know about you, but over this season, even though I'm an introvert, I like my alone time. Man, too much alone time is not a good thing. And it's so important. In fact, our ability to grow as people, to grow in our potential, is 
often very tied to the proximity we have with good people. And so um, this season has taught us that. But, but it's also revealed another truth. We are a people of habit. And, and my prayer is that, that at a minimum, that you would find yourself pursuing the spiritual discipline of proximity to fellow believers, a, a habit of gathering together for the sake of growing in your faith journey. You were made for community. Welcome home. All right, here we go. Number seven, Powell River. Powell River. Yes, that's our value. That's, that's, that's our value. Two words, Powell River. Our statement is this, blessed to be a blessing to Powell River. Blessed to be a blessing to Powell River. You know, it's no accident that you were called to this place for this season of your life. I believe God ordains our steps. And if that's the case, you are here in this town for a reason. You are blessed to be a blessing where God has planted you. God has revealed Jesus to you and he's built you up in your faith, not just for your sake, but for the sake of this place and the people around you. You know, Powell River is a unique and beautiful place. There's blessing kind of built into living here in terms of just the beauty and the grandeur of nature around us and the views and the sights and the sounds and, and the pace and, and all the things. It's a special place. But the reality is you were given a responsibility in God blessing you, in God revealing Jesus to you, in God growing you in your faith, maturing you, in your pursuit of him, he is placing in you the capacity and the potential to be a blessing to this place for his glory and for his kingdom. This is where God has planted us. And so this is where we will speak blessing, bring blessing, and receive blessing. Blessed to be a blessing to Powell River. Now finally, we're going to wrap up with our eighth value. It is global missions. Global missions. You know, Jesus said go and people matter. That's our statement. Jesus said go and people matter. Now there's this filter we use as we evaluate our effectiveness in the Great Commission as a community of faith. In, in verse 8 of Acts 1-8 says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now for us, Jerusalem is for us Powell River, BC. Our, our Judea is British Columbia. Our Samaria is Canada. And then finally to the ends of the earth, the global outreach. And we believe in being involved in or partnered with people expressing the gospel in each of these kind of territories and regions. We, we are called to be effective kind of uh, proclaimers of the gospel here at home, but also as a part of something bigger than just ourselves. And this is why we partner with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, you know, a fellowship of churches both here in BC, Yukon, but also across our nation. And this is why we support global workers financially on an ongoing basis, month to month. So we can be partnered with ministry happening in BC, in Canada, and across the world. Jesus said, go, and people matter. Now, please know that this is just an overview. We have rushed through this. Now, we did a series a couple years ago. You can find it on our website. Visit myevangel.church. Just go to sermons 
And you'll find a series there called The Values That Shape Us. And we get much more in depth. It's an entire series. We get much more in depth of each into each of our values and why they are the values that we hold to as an assembly. But um, so I would encourage you to go check this out. So this is just a quick overview. But I believe that these values are worth building on. Uh, more than just building a church on, but they're worth building a life on. I believe that these values echo the sentiment and the truth of God's word. They echo the priorities and the pursuits of the believer, the Christian. And so I believe that these are worth building, not just a church on, but a life on. I believe these values, if internalized and adopted and lived out, could lay a foundation for a movement that would change this town, but also change the region around us. I really do believe that our pursuits, as, as much as goals are good and vision is good, I think that our values, they lay a foundation, a pursuit that can change, that can literally change the place in which we've been planted. You know, setting resolutions is one thing, but if you don't have a firm grip on your values, you, you may not set goals in the right direction. My prayer, my hope is the Spirit will inspire each of us to collectively walk in these values and to use, kind of, to be used as we lay these foundations to be effective in the kingdom of God as a result. So coming into 2022, yes, we have some, some resolutions, some goals, but they are birthed out of a deeper thing. They are birthed out of these values that we have established as a community of faith. And so we wanna pursue the kingdom of God while staying true to who we are because of who he is. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your goodness, your graciousness to us. Lord, we thank you for seeing us through another year. Now, 2021 was not the year we had envisioned. 2020 was not the year we had envisioned. And yet, Lord Jesus, you are testing deeper than our vision of the future. You're testing our value systems. And Lord, I pray that you would help us by your grace to stay grounded in the values that you have called us to, that you have set forth for us in your word and through the example of Jesus' life and ministry. And so, Lord God, I pray as we continue into 2022, um, that you would take us, Lord, on a journey that would see us stay faithful to the kingdom, stay faithful to the word, stay faithful to, Lord, your presence and your goodness and your graciousness towards us. Lord, I pray that as we um, internalize and own these values for ourselves and as a collective assembly, Lord, that you would use us to be a blessing to this place in which you've planted us, to be a blessing globally, to be a blessing to our nation. Lord, we pray that you go before us into this new year, that you would have your way. Lord, your will be done. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for taking this whirlwind tour with us today. We just have a few announcements for you, so stay tuned. Hey friends, we're going to be joining in a time of communion right now. And so if you didn't grab your elements before our online stream started, this is your chance now uh, to quickly just pause this video, grab your communion elements, whatever they may be, uh, and we're going to jump into communion together. 
Well, I love the new year and just what it brings. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I'm the person who likes to make New Year's resolutions. I know, call me crazy, but the new year is such a great time for us to be able to kind of renew our goals, to renew our um, vision for what the year may bring. But I think that often why we make New Year's resolutions is because we either want to renew our hearts or renew our minds in some way. And so we set goals in order to do that. Um, but what the wonderful thing about communion is, is communion is a time that we can come together and have a renewal, not just of our minds and our hearts, but of our spirits. As we reflect, as we remember um, on what Jesus has done for each one of us, and it's such a great kind of moment that we get to have together as we kick off this new year uh, to not just renew our minds, our hearts and our spirits, but also to renew our hope. Uh, that no matter what this year may bring, that we will take a stand today in communion, saying that God, you have already won the victory through Jesus, that no matter what comes my way this year, that I'm gonna remember all that you've done for me so that I can have a renewed sense of hope for what is to come uh, for right now, but also in, this, in, in the future that is coming uh, very quickly. And so this is just such a great time, I think, that we get to come together and, and do that together as one body under Christ uh, together. And so let's join in that moment together. Uh, I'm gonna read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, which kind of gives our, our kind of scripture reading for, um, for communion. It says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. Scripture goes on to say, In the same way, he, Jesus, also took the cup after supper, saying, This, is, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's take the cup together. Well, let's pray as we as we finish off communion with a prayer of hope uh, for this year and a prayer of renewed sense of uh, mind and heart and spirit uh, for what Christ has already done and for what we look forward to him doing in the future. So God, we thank you so much that you would send your son Jesus and that it wasn't just you sending him, but Jesus, you were willing to come into our broken world, into our broken moments, into our broken mess uh, and bring a solution. And so Jesus, we look back at that new covenant that you created at your death and resurrection uh, and the newness that brings even to our lives right now. Uh, the newness that it brings uh, to renewing our hearts and our minds and our spirits and our hope today. And so God, no matter how we're coming into this new year, uh, may you just uh, renew each one of us. May, I, may we reflect on what you've already done, Jesus, and may that give us great hope God, may it give us great passion. God, may it give us great um, motivation to continue uh, to walk in your ways because Jesus, you have walked all the way unto death in order uh, to, to bring us back into relationship with you. And so God, we thank you so much for what you have done uh, through Jesus here on this earth. And God, we look forward to you coming, sending your son to come again uh, as we look forward to that day uh, in the future. God, we love you and we thank you. And we pray that you uh, would just be the Lord over 2022 as we gather together, that no matter what comes our way, that we would know that you are still on the throne that you are still mighty to save and that you still care about uh, your people and this world and the brokenness that persists in it. And so God, may we be people who decide in our hearts that we will be those who partner with you in doing good this year, knowing that uh, everything that comes our way 
is, uh, is not a, a way to dash our hopes, but that we can continue to have it renewed in you. God, we love you and we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks, friends, for joining us in communion. Well, I just have three announcements for you today. The first one is that Evangel Youth is starting up again uh, coming January 10th, Monday, January 10th, 7 p.m. here at the church. If you are a student in grades eight until 12, uh, you are welcome to come to Evangel Youth. We have some great games that we're gonna play. Uh, we have a little bit of teaching and conversation around Jesus and the Bible. Uh, just some time together to to jump back into the new year after we've had a little bit of break over the Christmas season. And so we're so excited to see you. And so we would love to see you January 10th. Well, the next one is that we are having some nights of prayer upcoming in January. Uh, we love to kick off our new year here, surrounding our year in prayer, uh, in community together. And so we're going to be doing that January 23rd, 24th, and 25th. That's a Sunday night, a Monday night, and a Tuesday night. It's at 6.30 p.m. here at the church. Uh, we're going to be doing lots of fun things. It's going to be interactive. It's going to be participatory. Uh, and it will also be a time to, to really align around the value that Pastor Lucas just shared. Uh, we begin with amen, surrounding all that we do with prayer. And so we would love to have you uh, and anybody that wants to come to join us on Nights of Prayer, those dates at 6.30 p.m. And then finally, we are so thankful uh, for how you have uh, been generous and faithful over 2021. And we are, are so looking forward to your partnership in 2022. And so if you wanna give, there's lots of ways to do that. You can go to myevangel.church forward slash give, and it will give you all the ways to do that as well as we partner together in 2022 to see what God does here in Powell River, uh, in our province and in our nation and around the world. And thank you so much. Every penny helps uh, in the everyday mission that we do here at Evangel. Well, thanks friends so much for joining us and we will see you again next week.